Welcome to Utah Talks Climate Podcast, brought to you by Utah Clean Energy. Each episode brings together Utah leaders to get their unique perspective on the impacts and solutions to our climate challenge. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Utah Talks Climate. I'm Tom Love, president of Love Communications and your host today. Utah has an amazing Olympic legacy from the transformative and epic 2002 Winter Olympic Games. We now have an opportunity to host another Winter and Paralympic Games, and Utah is abuzz with conversations about this chance. So that's why we're excited to have Kat Rainey-Norman as our guest today. Kat is a four-time Winter Olympic speed skater and the chair of the Salt Lake City Utah Committee for the Games, which is spearheading our work on the Olympic bid. Kat, welcome to Utah Talks Climate. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to, to talk a little bit about this and, and our impact going forward. It, it will be major, so no question about it. Let's start with, let's get to know you a little bit. Kat, tell us a little bit about yourself and your work on Utah's 2030-2034 Winter Olympic and Paralympic bid. Well, as you shared, I, I had the opportunity to represent Team USA in four Olympic Games uh, from 1998 to my last Games in 2010. And uh, it was, you know, obviously it was a dream that I had when I was a young kid and came to fruition and, and such a transformative experience for me that has shaped uh, much of what I do today. And I always, I always say, and uh, not, not that I'm biased, but 2002 was by far my favorite games. It was incredibly well put together, but also just that experience of being able to represent your country in your home country. Um, extremely rare to have that. The last time a games were held in the United States was in 1980, and I hadn't even been born at that point in time. <laughs> so what a special moment for me to, to be a part of those games. And now in my current role as serving as chair of the Salt Lake City Utah Committee for the Games, it really has kind of come full circle. We're having having competed back in 2002 and now looking at trying to bring a future Olympic and Paralympic Games here to Utah and helping to lead that effort. Right. Fabulous. And and we know that climate has become a big emphasis for uh, host cities, unlike 2002, or it, um, things have really changed since then. So we know that our climate is changing, meaning that we're getting more extreme temperatures and especially warmer temperatures. Scientists are generally forecasting that we are going to see less snowfall and reduced snowpack in our mountains and mountains across the world in the coming decades. What does climate change mean to winter sports and its future, Kat? Yeah, it's it's absolutely critical to the future of sport. Sport is heavily intertwined with climate and climate change and particularly important around our ski and snowboard uh, disciplines. And despite an, an epic winter this past season here in Utah, Sure. We saw around around the globe, we saw the effects of climate change with shrinking snowpacks, winters becoming shorter, races and competitions being canceled. So the viability, in my opinion, of winter sport is quite vulnerable right now. And so as, as leaders within the sport movement, working together with the International Olympic Committee, the international federations, the national governing bodies, we have all, I think, recognized that climate is, is having this dramatic impact. And so as part of um, 
what is called Agenda 2020 plus five, which are a series of recommendations by the International Olympic Committee. Okay. The 2030 games will be the first games that are required to be climate positive. Um, this is something completely new and obviously becomes a, a table stake in our work going forward and, and hosting a bid. And so we're looking at working together, obviously, with our, our communities, with our political leaders and our advocacy groups as to how we can help be a catalyst in this area. And I'll share that, that this has become so important to the International Olympic Committee that they have actually this past December sort of said, we're going to take a pause even on selections of future host cities so that we can take a moment and look at climate and look at the viability of snowpack, of freezing temperatures around potential host cities. Fortunately, right now, Utah Utah is, is very well qualified. Um, and we know that we will be able to, to host future games and, and studies project that we could do this all the way up to 2080, quite honestly. Um, so we are well positioned. But that being said, we need to continue to be a leader in this effort as we look at delivery of the games, as we look at our host um, host venues and uh, the, the opportunities in the lead up as well. And I've heard you say before, and Fraser Bullock emphasized, we're not doing this because the IOC is requiring it. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And we were ahead of the game in getting started on it. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. And, that, you know, to that point, it, the games can serve as an incredible catalyst for our communities and try to, trying to better our communities. And I think that's really one of the, the core principles that we as a, as a committee, as leaders are trying to hold true to is how can we have a positive greater impact on, on our youth, on sport, in our communities? And obviously climate and sustainability are, are part of that as well. Let's go a little deeper on that because the impact of these initiatives on our communities um, is a huge opportunity, uh, I think we believe. And, and we know that Utah cities like Salt Lake and Park City have already been forging ahead for some time to reduce their emissions from their electricity supply and their vehicles. What more can you tell us about how to think about the Olympic bid for 2030, 2034 in relation to climate solutions across our communities? Yeah, so let's actually like take a journey back 20 years. Okay, first. let's do that. Let's take a journey back 20 years first and look at uh, the impact from 2002. Okay. And I think one of the most notable is, is tracks. Tracks was very much so a product of the 2002 games and to be able to have mass transit that now has been adopted across our community and has that legacy of impact from a social behavior standpoint as well is absolutely critical for us. Look at the Utah Olympic Oval. The Utah Olympic Oval was the first LEED certified building in the state. Oh, fabulous. I didn't know that. So when you look at what we did in 02, and now we're moving forward 20 years later, potentially 30 years later when we sure. do host a games, we are trying to be very thoughtful and very um, purposeful 
in our work going forward. And so trying to align what we can use the games as, as a springboard, as this platform for community initiatives. Look at Salt Lake City, again, as we mentioned, their goal of net 100% clean energy by 2030. Sure. Their ambitions around electrification, emission-free building, expanding transit services. We saw the success of Free Fair February. We saw the NBA All-Star and being able to offer free fairs during that. And so as we look forward, we are very much so trying to partner with our community organizations in addition to um, starting to lead a little bit. So this coming summer, we will be breaking ground up at Soldier Hollow on a new competition building. It will be a zero emissions building. Um, the Legacy Foundation recently received a sustainability grant from the National Ski Areas Association to upgrade all of their snowmaking systems to become more sustainable. And so we're really trying to take the steps forward that we can within sport, but then also working with our communities and becoming that catalyst for them and making sure that those priorities, those initiatives are contextualized to those specific communities. So Park City, very much so focused on sustainable tourism sure. and mass transit, waste reduction, etc. So we're really very much so trying to work with the communities. And I think also something that's important to highlight is we're really also trying to embrace and coordinate with our, our NGOs. And so partnerships like this with Utah Clean Energy, um, partnerships with the Nature Conservancy, continuing our engagement with Save Our Canyons, we're trying to embrace and learn from our advocacy groups so that we can implement best practices. And I think this is something that sets us aside a little bit as well in our bid effort is we're bringing people to, we wanna bring people to the table so that we can understand the challenges and so that we can try to um, implement best practices so that we can hold ourselves again to that principle that I talked about earlier of leaving our communities better off. What an enormous opportunity for our state um, to, to seize on this initiative. You are you have articulated it extremely well. So not only the cities themselves and the communities around them, but also the other NGOs, you're getting a lot of people at the same table that might not normally get together at the table, I presume. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the beauty about this. That's the beauty, I think, of sports. Sport is such a unifier. It is, you know, I think the saying, you know, we we celebrate the victories of the athletes and we agonize in their defeat and it just brings us together. And And I always kind of characterize this work that we're doing of trying to bring a games together, that of a big quilt. And you have to have all of the pieces come together in order to make it beautiful. And that it means embracing our community members. That means embracing our advocacy groups and, and trying to be purposeful in our work and recognizing that this is a 10-year journey potentially sure. with the 2034 games. Yeah. And our communities are going to change. And it's our job as, as a bid committee, as a future host, to be adaptable to our communities. That's a big thing that's been impressed upon us by the International Olympic Committee is a games needs to fit a city, not the other way around. And so that's mm -hmm. why, again, this collaborative spirit around partnership is so important. Fabulous, fabulous. Good metaphor on the quilt. I really like that, uh, how you explained it. And sports is the great unifier. And, and the athletes within that sport make it all possible. So 
Let's talk about it from the the athlete point of view. I I would assume that climate change is on the mind of all of our winter athletes. Mm -hmm. Folks are very aware of it. If uh, in competitions are getting canceled across the globe, et cetera. What does action on climate mean for your legacy, the legacy of the future Olympic and Paralympic Games in the mind of the athletes? Yeah, I think... uh... Such a such an important question, and and when I go out and I I host athlete forums, uh, I I often ask the question, what do you want our legacy to be after we yeah. hosted the games? If if you had a headline in the paper, what do you want it to be? And and some of our athletes have stated that winter sport has a place in the Olympic and Paralympic movement because of the threat of climate, and so it very much so is hitting home on these athletes. They're seeing it day in and day out when they're training every single day and they can't go and do summer training because the glaciers have disappeared, right? Or their races their World Cup events are being canceled because there isn't enough snow. Um, Or they're skiing on artificial snow, which completely kind of changes and affects their technique and performance as to how they would race and approach a race. And so um, this is a really important conversation within the athlete community because it's affecting them every single day. And you saw even this past winter, U.S. Ski and Snowboard Association actually partnered with Protect Our Winters and debuted a race suit um, in conjunction with Protect Our Winters at the world championships, at the fifth world championships, really putting a visual to their stance on climate and athletes very much so are trying to use their platform for advocacy in this space um, to help educate youth, to help push forward more uh, climate responsible undertakings when it comes to event delivery, when it comes to the industry itself, et cetera. And so this is um, this is absolutely vital on the athlete perspective and on the athlete side. And so what I'm hopeful for is when we host a games that we can really become an incubator oh, for sure. new ideas around sustainability, that we can work with industry partners, sport leaders, community leaders, et cetera, and utilize these games as an incubator so that maybe something works and it goes forward and into practice for future generations, right? Maybe something didn't work. That's okay as well. We're going to learn from that and, and, and pivot. But I think we have this tremendous opportunity to utilize this as an incubator for different initiatives um, that could really have a, a tremendous impact on our communities. Climate change can often be a very difficult topic to talk about and embrace because sometimes it's a bit overwhelming uh, or foreboding. Um, but you sound really hopeful. You sound excited. You sound optimistic about how climate change is, is affecting your sport, but what we can do to take action and what an opportunity this is for the state of Utah's uh, athletes, citizens, communities across the state. You sound hopeful. I am. I think I, I, you know, when people ask me to sum up the Olympic and Paralympic Games in one word, it's actually hope. That's how I, uh, that's what I think, that's the word that symbolizes it for me, is hope. And so I have hope around this opportunity of bringing everybody together and really trying to create something better, create a legacy 
um, create a healthy environment for our kids going forward and for our athletes. And um, sport is is really unique in that regards. And and I've I've seen it so many different times in so many different facets that that I'm optimistic that we can use this as genuinely use this as a platform for good. What great advice. You've given me hope too. <laughs> any any final thoughts? Anything you want to to add to the conversation? This has been very, very robust. Well, we are again, we're we're so appreciative and grateful to the partnership with Utah Clean Energy. And and I hope that we can continue these conversations on our journey that we're on over the next 10 years and uh, and look forward to keeping you all updated and, and working together with you in partnership. Well, I know on behalf of Utah Clean Energy and Sarah and Josh at, at Utah Clean Energy, we very much uh, love this partnership and are looking forward to getting our hands dirty and making concrete changes and opportunities in the state of Utah. So thank you. Kat, it's been a wonderful discussion today. My guest today has been Kat Rainey-Norman, the current chair of the Salt Lake City, Utah Olympic Bid Committee and four-time Olympian speed skater. Um, Kat, you've been wonderful today. Thanks so much. Great discussion. That's it. That's another uh, edition of Utah Talks Climate. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much, Kat. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Utah Talks Climate. Check back for more episodes next month. And in the meantime, stay in the know on all things clean energy and climate by signing up for Utah Clean Energy's newsletter at utahcleanenergy.org.